football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Parker. Denny, how's it going today? This sounds like we're hosting Living the Stream on your local NPR affiliate. What if we did a whole show like an NPR show? Right, yeah. He's He's been targeted at least five times <laughs> over the last three weeks. <laughs> that would be that would be something. Uh, but how, how's it going, Denny? Um, it's, it's going well. It's going well in the league that I care about the most which is the Apex Writers League, where you and I are still first and second. We are on a tear, and you don't even have Devontae Adams, who was your second-round pick, correct? He was actually first, my first-round pick. Your first round. So you're getting you're getting by. You're, you're, you're still demolishing people without your first-round pick. This makes me uh, a little bit aggravated, but also scared. So, so okay, well here's you have Ty Johnson already rostered, correct? I do. I've been saying okay, that so for that's, weeks. Yeah, this is it's <laughs> ridiculous. So you have Ty Johnson that you're gonna get. I have Devontae eventually coming back. I I like low key though, am very in love with my team. The reason why I've been able to coast without Devontae is because I have New England's defense. Oh man, that's I mean it's an automatic twenty right now. Right now, every week it's just an automatic twenty. And I mean, the rest of the roster is strong. I mean, I have Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson. Like I, Leonard Fournette was who I traded for when I, I drafted Antonio Brown in this league, my only AB share. And when he started in early August, when he started doing the, the BS stuff with the helmet, I told myself, I, I don't want anything to do with this guy in fantasy football. Yeah. Like I just, I want nothing. To, so I swapped him for Leonard Fournette and I got Fournette in a deal, which sucks because when I, when I was drafting Antonio Brown, the reason I went AB, even though he was a fade for me this year, was because it's such a wide receiver heavy draft. Yeah. And I was contemplating, and I know that this is su- going to sound such like a hindsight take, but I was so contemplating taking Dalvin Cook there. And so realistically, instead of Fournette, I could have Dalvin Cook, but, but Fournette's been fine. So don't get me. I mean, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm proud of myself for making the move to get Fournette and I get that story to tell as yeah. well. It was so, bold. Yeah, right. It was bold at the time, for sure. It was bold. I remember being like, "All right, like if you say so." It's uh, I. It could it could definitely pay off. But then when he signed with the Patriots, when Brown signed with the Patriots, I I thought, "Oh God!" I'm oh, sure. I was done. I was that one. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That one week yeah. where Antonio Brown, you know, there there are instances, and we're going to talk about one of them in a second, like the David Johnson thing, where you have bad beats and it's just an awful feeling. And you started David Johnson, you got you point two points. And Chase Edmonds is rotting on your bench with 35. Right? <laughs> uh, but there are times in fantasy football, it happens like once a year, where you just get this like sinking feeling in your gut mm-hmm. because things, you you know that you made a massive mistake. Right. And that's how I felt with Antonio Brown in that game against Miami. Because oh, yeah. he, he was out of control good in his first game with New England. And it was clear. The worst part was that it was clear, as as someone who had no exposure to to Antonio Brown in redraft, the worst part was that 
the team was dead focused on getting him the ball. Yes. And you yes. just thought this is the worst possible. It's not like it's not like he caught one like one of three targets for a long touchdown. Like they were like the game plan is to feed him until he drops. And you're right. like, oh God, this is the worst. But you know, congratulations on that trade. You get a, a running back who gets ninety percent of the team carries. So that's, that's right. pretty good. Right. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was, it was very rough, but let's talk about that David Johnson thing. So, uh, David Johnson was expected to play. I I also had people in my mentions because I I quote tweeted a tweet, uh, uh, from uh, a quote from Cliff Kingsbury, where he said that David Johnson was basically an emergency back in that game, Yeah, which I don't even believe because David Johnson got the first carry in that game. Right. Uh, but Regardless, so I, I quote tweeted and I was like, Cliff Kingsbury is dead to me or something like that, which he, he is. It was the most, it's an asinine thing for, I mean, like we can say that it was fine that he did that and it's fine that he did that. I don't like, he didn't break any rules, but at the same time he can still be dead to us, right? Oh, sure, sure. Why not? Right. And so, and so I sent that tweet and there were people that came at me and they were like, they were like, who would bench Chase Edmonds for David or who who would bench Chase Edmonds for David Johnson this week? Like the, the most hindsight BS stuff. Wait. No, 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 no. Nobody did that. And nobody no, nobody should have. Like you, 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 you might have started Chase. I started Chase Edmonds and Scott Fishbowl and right, actually not, in a dynasty league too, but not over. I would never have started Chase Edmonds over David Johnson. This did that, week. Right, right. If you have both uh, and you start the backup over the starter, then you've done it wrong. Exactly. So uh, people were coming at me for that. But then the, the real the real awfulness of this was the Arizona Cardinals Twitter account. Right. With the what do what do you call those things when they draw out in text like draw uh, pictures in text? It's like I don't know. I mean, they're very cute, first of all. But, but they're cute. They're cute. Holding holding the sign that says you should have started Chase Edmonds and yeah in fantasy. And first of all, Arizona Cardinals are probably the only Twitter account in the NFL that have less or had less than a million followers, which is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, and and I guess they probably have more now since they drew the 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 ire of ten million fantasy football players um but but it was it was a huge troll but here's the thing this is my honest to god take okay i'm not trying to be contrarian at all i don't mind i don't mind it i kind of respect it so you don't mind the the like what they did you don't mind that tweet and how they handled if i ran a team account i would send that tweet every single time and because 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 first of all it's it's hilarious to, to trigger people who are already outside of their body because they have Chase Edmonds on their bench, you know, burning a 35 point hole in their bench. So, so, so there, there's that, but also just the, um, the, like the gumption of your head coach, like lying to people about how they're going to use the running backs. And then the Twitter account being like, bang, should have played the backup. So- Sorry. So that part, that part I was okay with because I thought it was a funny troll as well. I mean, because like I've done that before. I, I did that this week in a way when I said, uh, this is why you should have drafted Aaron Rodgers earlier or something like that. Yeah, right. 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 So like, like I get it. I get the trolling aspect of things, although that my tweet is not nearly as bad as what the Cardinals did. Um, what I didn't like, the only part I didn't like was their follow-up tweet about people just like enjoying the win. Oh, right, right. Enjoy which which shows me, which, which honestly shows me that they are actually, they, they weren't actually trolling. They were just kind of out of touch with what fantasy football and the implications that David Johnson move had. 
somehow right. this, yeah the social media person for the cardinals is out of touch with fantasy football that that's right like 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 the original tweet would have been way better if it was this like super into fantasy football person who was trolling the fantasy football world but instead the follow up tweet tells me that this person actually said like truthfully you should have played chase edmonds in fantasy today this is like a scheduled tweet essentially that that we just said you know any good player on arizona this week we would have sent the exact same tweet you know Right, Whereas, right. because the follow-up was like, let's just enjoy this win. No, no, that we're, we're fan, no one cares about the Cardinals. Like Cardinals fans don't even care about the Cardinals. Well, the, it, it was clear that the person who controls that account thinks that they were talking only to Arizona fans, thinking crazily that there are 750,000 <laughs> Cardinals fans in the United States. Obviously, that can't be true. Right? <laughs> exactly. It can't be. It's a, it's a fraction of that number, okay? It's 75,000. And and uh, so so that that person thinks that everybody who follows that account or was replying to that troll tweet is a Cardinals fan, which makes me wonder if a baby boomer is running the Arizona Cardinals Twitter account. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, also, it's it's really funny how we can like poke fun at certain teams and know factually that we'll get very little blowback because that team's Twitter does not really exist. Like if you if you talk junk to the about the Seahawks. Oh. Seahawks Twitter will be after you. If you talk junk about the Patriots, we know Patriots Twitter is out of control. If you do it about you know a lot of the more popular teams slash there are the large Jags. factions. Yeah, Jags Twitter even. There that's a that's a that's a large faction on social media. But there are some teams where I, I don't even know if that team's Twitter actually exists. So like the Cardinals are one team and there was a conversation I was having with our buddy Rich Rebar this week where he was saying how the Colts are just playing way over their heads, which is not wrong statistically. I mean, they're they're coached really well and all that. And I, I want the Colts to do well. And I even responded to Rich. I was like, they're a very likable team. The Colts yeah, are like sure. an incredibly likable team. And he's like, yeah, I agree. And and I was like, I was like, and the thing is, if you were to, go, but the thing is, if you were to go out and say something negative about the Colts, you wouldn't hear anything because Colts Twitter doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, I've seen maybe like four, four guys, four <laughs> people on, on, on Colts Twitter and, and they're, they're not even, but they're not even angry. Like most, most <laughs> yeah, people, right. you know, most people on a, on a team's Twitter, they're, they're furious. They're just mad all, all the time. And, yeah. and, and, th and that makes sense if you're, you know, on Jag Twitter or Titans Twitter or some other shitty team, sort of the kids, but the, uh, but you know, the Colts, Colts people generally are, uh, you know, very nice. Maybe it's a Midwest thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, good fan. Uh, I, yeah. I don't even know. Good, good fan group. Yes. That, that's the best I can do with that word wise. All right. Let's, let's look at what happened in week seven. Uh, we streamed the Kansas city chiefs defense, which was a huge success. Jeez. I thought, I thought week seven was going to be amazing the way it started because on the late round podcast last week. Not only did I talk about the Chiefs' defense as a play, not yeah. only did I talk about Damian Williams being a clear bench, but I also talked about Royce Freeman scoring a touchdown and, and hitting hitting his positive regression in that game. So, like everything, yeah. my very rarely because you know that people like to just knock on fantasy analysts and and talk about the negative and focus on the negative. I had, I mean, to be fair, I feel like our listeners and my listeners of the late round podcast they're they're kind people. I think we've cultivated a, a very good group of of listeners. Uh, so it's not as bad as what other fantasy analysts might might encounter. But uh, that night, my my mentions were blowing up in the most positive way imaginable. I saw people calling you a genius. Like, it was it was the greatest night ever. Like, it was the greatest. 
as as the statue of Joe Flacco's zombie stood there and took sack <laughs> after sack after sack in an unbelievable fashion. Uh, the, the I saw tweets pouring in and Facebook posts. JJ is a freaking genius. He called this. I love him. I'm never disagreeing with him. I'm listening to him every call for the rest of time. So good luck. Good luck following that up. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, I already, I already didn't follow it up after my Sunday picks. My God. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very fun island game. I love when when that kind of stuff happens in island games. But we had the Chiefs defense. They scored 24. Green Bay was a more traditional streamer. They had two. They were pretty bad this week. Indianapolis though is a pretty good call. They ended up getting nine points, so I was, I was pretty happy with that. I actually had to start Indianapolis's defense in the me league, too. and and it it low key kind of got me the win because I alternatives would have not gotten me the three or four more points that I needed. So. Yeah, I, I didn't feel good about it at all, but I did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the top quarterback streamers last week were Daniel Jones and Jacoby Brissett. Daniel Jones, uh, as the kids say, um, poopied the bed. Uh, Daniel Jones is awful. Like da- Daniel Jones went from being the second coming when he played against Tampa Bay to liter- to to just being completely horrendous. He is he is Eli but a little a little more erratic. <laughs> yeah. Like like look, I mean I hope that he turns things around and he can be good. Um but it's been really bad for Dang, for man. Daniel Jones. Uh Jacoby Brissett though with 27.6 fantasy points, a good outing for him. He's about to regress hard. Joe Flacco as a deep play, 7 points. So Good job, Joe. Freaking Flacco. Noah Fant had so many opportunities last week. What is wrong with that guy? <laughs> I don't know. He's, he is the most, uh, he might be the most tilting streamer recommendation that I, we've ever encountered. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like his, um, his like air yards are probably off the chart. He probably could have a Gronk season going at this point if he would catch the ball once in a while. Yeah, it's, it's really strange, um, but he struggled a lot. A lot. Uh, Luke Wilson also struggled because he was targeted once and didn't catch it. <laughs> All right, but you know, double L was a desperation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it was a total, total desperation play. Uh, but you could have just played Chris Herndon and gotten the same output. Uh, but oh, the best. Hey, the... Congrats to all the Chris Herndon truthers out there who held on to him for seven weeks. By the way, <laughs> yeah. I want to shout out to you guys. <laughs> uh, but the the uh, best streaming choice last week at tight end was Dallas Goddard. Yeah. That was. That was one of my my four good calls last week was Dallas Goddard because I was really into him, um, and he ended up scoring about eleven fantasy points. He found the end. He fumbled. I don't know if you saw me tweet because because week seven on Sunday was so horrendous. So I sent a tweet out when Dallas Goddard fumbled something along the lines of like this is how week seven's gone. Like mm-hmm. just bring me week eight, and then he uh, scored a touchdown. Yeah. Like right after that, it was the perfect opportunity for an Undertaker gif. Yeah. You love the Undertaker gift. The under look, the Undertaker gift is undefeated. It's undefeated. Any 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 back from the dead gif is is usually pretty good. Oh yeah, no, I've been looking those up for zero RB. Uh Yeah, yeah. It's and look, they're they're hard to find now because they've been used so often. Like the the guy from the soap opera who <laughs> opens up the coffin. I can't believe that's real, dude. I can't believe it. Like it, that was actually on a show and people were probably like, "Oh my god. <laughs> yes. My it's, world has changed." I'm I'm assuming it's like a soap opera, right? Like, is it, that is that where it came it from? It has to be. It's definitely not ironic at all. Right, right, right. Uh, but that's that's actually like lo, like one of the best gifts out there. And then the my favorite. What what is your favorite gif? My favorite gif is Jim Sonis introduced me to it years ago. But it's the the Glenn Davis big baby just oh. walking down the court just with his his tongue going in and out. 
Dude, I can't even think of Glenn <laughs> Davis without thinking of you. You you guys have melded together as one because you use that gift. I, mean, I use it so much. Everybody, JJ will use that gift in in our DMs. Where I use it so much. Where where he'll like he'll like pick someone up. Oh, I know he picked up Josh Allen in, in Apex and and, did, uh, yeah. and and then and then boom hit me with the uh, the big the big baby licking his chops <laughs> gift. Uh, it, you use it constantly, and I love it. I love it. Uh, good. My, I think my favorite my favorite gif is probably and I don't even know what animal it is. Is it a llama? I think it's a llama that's chewing grass and then it stops and it looks at you. <laughs> yeah. You know, slowly. It's it's some sort of. It's, I think it's a llama. But anyway, that that one is the best. I hit uh, Jonathan Bales with that the other day uh, when he talked about uh, Tavon Austin as uh, the greatest. Oh yeah, pure, it's the greatest running game. game. <laughs> yeah, it's the best running. Game. I was like, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, all right, Denny, let's move on to week eight. We're going to start with quarterbacks. Uh, actually, no, we're going to start with defenses because we historically have started with defenses. I'll start. I'll kick things off. My okay. favorite defensive streamer this week. I'll, well, I shouldn't say that. Depends on who's out there. Uh, traditional one who's owned in uh, like 10% of leagues, whereas Denny and I are owned in 100% of them. That's right. Uh, I like the Detroit Lions a lot. They're seven-point favorites according to FanDuel Sportsbook. You like that, being a company man? You are a company man. Uh, but in Jones's four starts, his last four starts, I should say, his fifth, the, the fifth one was against Tampa Bay where he was actually decent. In his last four starts, he's thrown seven interceptions, he has four touchdown passes, and he's been sacked 13 times. Wow. Teams, including that Bucks game, teams against Daniel Jones this year are averaging 3.6 sacks per game. Mm. Detroit, to me, is a lock to be at least a, a defense 15 ish this week. Yeah. Yeah. At, le- could, at least you could do way worse. You could do way worse. I, I, I like them and, and they can generate a little bit of pressure. That's right. All right, Denny, go ahead. My defense is the Indianapolis defense. We're back. We're back on the Colts. They're only owned in 14% of leagues. They're playing at home against Denver. Uh, the Colts are six point favorites here. Denver gives up the six most Schedule adjusted fantasy points to defenses. Of course, that includes last week's just breathtaking, breathtaking, breathtakingly bad performance by Joseph Flacco the fourth. Uh, so Flacco has thrown four interceptions in Denver's five losses this year, uh, and Indianapolis has the ninth highest sack percentage, while Denver has the league's fourth highest sack percentage allowed. Uh, so I think, as I have in my notes here, the Colts have a sack-based floor. I, I wouldn't Google that, um, but uh, uh, but I think they do they, they do have a they do have a floor here. <laughs> My God, oh Denny, okay. I'm just picturing like a floor full of scrotums right now. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the fantasy football podcast, folks. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna go with a team that shouldn't be on your waiver wire. They're owned in about half of them, but we have to mention them. The Steelers, if they're out there, definitely pick them up. They're facing Miami. Miami's finish as a top 10, sorry, teams against Miami has fin- have finished as top 10 defenses every single week. Pittsburgh's a huge home favorite. It's, it's, that's it. We know to stream against Miami. Yeah, what do you, you know, people were picking the Steelers up last week to just stash on their bench for, for, for this week. Yeah. So if you did that, you are set. Good job. I did. I did that in two leagues. I I rarely do that because it's so it's un it's not 
justifiable most of the time. Yeah, and, most of the time, right. But this this time, I really believe... I mean, Pittsburgh's at home, right? Yeah. Um, They're like 15-point favorites. Yeah, man. It, it, that's This is... That was the time. That was like the, one of the very few circumstances where you should have stashed them if you could. Yeah. All right. There's one more, right? Were we going to talk about Houston? Yeah. Weren't you going to talk about Houston today? I was. So, yeah, I, I, I do want to mention them. Okay. Is, we'll just casually mention them. Though. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm totally casual. I'm very casual. A cash mensch. Go ahead. A, a cash mensch. Houston defense playing against Oakland. Boom. There it is. All right. No. Uh, All right. Yeah, the, well, we're good. The, the thing, though, wait a second. The thing I, I'm a little hesitant on with Houston, I feel like they're more of a deep slash desperation play because I looked it up before the show, and when you adjust for, for strength of schedule, the Raiders are giving up the third fewest fantasy yeah. points to defenses. They are not the pushover that they you know have been in recent years, and we thought that they would be this year. You know, they, they nuked the uh, Packers defense last week, and the Packers defense is pretty good. So um, I think you're definitely not using Houston if you can get any of the streamers that we mentioned. Also, I did want to say very cash. Also cash. I'm very cash. Sipping a beer, smoking a cig. I'm not. But um, uh, Seattle. Seattle's out there in half of leagues. Yeah, and that was super playing, cash. Yeah, they're playing at Atlanta, and if – uh, Matt Ryan is out. I think it's, they're pretty good. Pretty good play. Yeah. So uh, Oakland, the main reason they, they're just uh, Derek Carr is not getting sacked that much. They have the fifth uh, best sack rate allowed in football this season. Yeah, right. So that's that's yeah. part of the problem. Uh, all right, let's move on to quarterback. I think the most uh, the the biggest go to traditional streaming quarterback this week is Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans are two and a half point home favorites. We know that he. Has some uh, ability with his legs. I did that on purpose. He has some rushing ability. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, there's some upside there. Tampa Bay has allowed a multi-touchdown game in each of their last four contests. Those games have come against Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, and Kyle Allen. Wow. They're 11th in yards per attempt allowed despite facing really average quarterbacks this season. Remember week one? So it's those guys that I just mentioned, but also... Week one, you had Jimmy Garoppolo. Week two, you had a banged up Cam Newton. They literally have not faced any legitimate quarterback all season long. Not to say that Ryan Tannehill is some legitimate quarterback, but look at how bad Tampa Bay has been against these guys. So uh, those multi-touchdown games, 11th in yards per attempt allowed. Uh, and I think that Ryan Tannehill looked fairly competent this past week. So I, I think you can feel a little bit more confident then that he can perform. Hey, man, f- fairly competent is an upgrade in Tennessee. That's right. That's right. That's good. Teddy Bridgewater is is probably still starting, although we don't know that for sure. But we felt we talked about it before the show. We, we felt the need to mention him as not the top streamer, but a a top option if Drew Brees sits. I, I would think I was telling JJ, I would think that the Saints would sit Drew Brees because, A, they're playing the Cardinals. They're at home. They're big favorites. And then they have their bye week where, you know, Breeze would definitely be back after the bye week. So we'll see. We'll see uh, there. But the matchup is right. You know, the Saints are nine and a half point home favorites. They have an implied total of 28.5 points. I think that's top three on the week. Uh, the, the matchup is great. Only four teams allow more schedule adjusted points to quarterbacks than the Cardinals, who give up 7.6 yards per pass attempt. And that's the sixth highest rate in the league. Sometimes I feel like when I rattle off these numbers, they they just become like one jumble of numbers, like a hurricane yeah. of numbers. And but but uh, but I'll but I'll never stop doing it. Um, 
Uh, so Bridgewater's basically been a, a solid floor play for fantasy purposes, except for his seven-point outing against Dallas, I think a few weeks ago now. Uh, he's averaged 16.8 fantasy points in his five starts. His touchdown rate of 4.6% isn't, like, alarming by any means. Like, it's not, it's not like he's getting by on uh, a ton of touchdowns on few attempts like we're going to talk about in a second with another quarterback here. Uh, so that's a good sign. And then there's this. There's this, JJ. 77% of touchdowns scored against Arizona this season have come through the air. So teams are really finding the end zone quite often through the air against the Cardinals. And Teddy is owned in only 18% of leagues, which which is nice. That is nice. Uh, I think that, you know, if you're, if you're desperate, if you're desperate, Mitch Trubisky is kind of in play. Oof. He's a deeper play than Teddy and, and Tanny. Uh, but look, he looked bad last week. To be fair, he still finished his QB twelve last week. Oh, I love week. it. Love that garbage. Time. It was the most. It was the most Blake Bortles performance of all time. Oh man. Um, it's it's a really average matchup, which is why I'm saying this. You know, New Orleans can can do a lot defensively. Uh, LA struggled. They've been fairly average. Like I said, they haven't been tested much this year either. Um, they faced Tannehill last week where he was fine. They faced Devlin Hodges. They faced Joe Flacco, Josh Rosen over their last four weeks, including Tannehill there. Um, the last time they were really tested was against Deshaun Watson, who was QB four. Again, Mitch Trubisky is not Deshaun Watson. Um, but again, if you're, if you're looking at how this Chargers defense has performed, you have to give it context. They haven't faced that many good, good quarterbacks. Um, they're, they, uh, right now they have a pressure rate and a slightly, or an average pressure rate and a slightly above average sack rate, nothing special there. Um, so like I said, it's basically an average matchup for Mitch Trubisky. I think that you could do worse. This is, this is one of those spots where everyone takes the one game sample. Trubisky was coming back off the injury. Everyone's taking the one game sample and they're going to overrate that game and that sample because that's what people do in football. And then it wouldn't shock, like I'm ready for him to be less than 1% owned in DFS and just, and, and be, and get and, 25 fantasy and go coach. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is what happens in football. Uh, like it's clearly a gut feeling right now, the things that I'm saying right now, but I think the, the data points are still relevant and that the chargers as a matchup, isn't that big of a deal. It's not, they're, they're not an atrociously tough matchup. I would still play Ryan Tannehill. I'd still play Teddy Bridgewater over Mitch Trubisky, but I think you could do worse. Yeah, I, I really wish Trubisky would start running after the after one read again. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, let's go back to that. Yeah. All right, last one here is Jacoby Q. Brissett, the third Esquire. He is playing Denver, of course. Uh, the Colts, once again, have a solid implied total of 25. They're at home. Um so his touchdown rate this season is 6.9%, which, while incredibly nice, is also a little bit frightening. Um, and, you know, could could be uh, something that we see regress. And we also know what his floor is like in games where the, where the Colts get a big lead, like we saw a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, against Kansas City. Uh, so I still don't think that he has a super stable floor. Um but also the the matchup isn't isn't fantastic. In fact, I'm wondering if, and I'll ask you in a second. But I'm wondering if this makes Brissett maybe a little bit lower than Trubisky. Uh, the Broncos' pass defense has been pretty good this year. Only the Niners and the Patriots uh, give up fewer adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks. 
and teams are really attacking Denver via the ground. Only eight teams have faced fewer pass attempts this year uh, than the Broncos, and Brissett is, is available in 51%, so probably not in your league. But what do you think between Trubisky and, and Brissett? Yeah, I mean, there's regression that's going to hit Brissett um, eventually. I mean, he's not going to keep up this touchdown rate. Um, I I think you can make the argument for Trubisky. I think you can make the argument for Mason Rudolph, who yeah. who we're going to add to this list as as a not a primary play, so he's not in the Tannehill uh, Teddy tier necessarily. It might change as the week goes on, but um, uh, the the Steelers have a really high implied team total, and that's really what you're banking on. You just have to get those shorter touchdowns because there's a good chance that they just run clock. Um, and they, you know, they're, they're not really, uh, winning off the arm of Mason Rudolph, but, right. um, yeah, the Brissett thing scares me a little bit, uh, because if you look at, at Denver, they've been decent defensively. They're not very, they're not as good at stopping the run. Um, and you and, know, the Colts want to do, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what the Colts, you know, want to do for the most part. I mean, they, they haven't generated a whole lot of pressure. They've been pretty average in pressure rate. Um, I think that they've been, pretty bad actually in sack rate or average because they started out so bad. Yeah. They're, they're 10th worst in sack rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least that, you know, Brissett has that going for him. I think the offensive line should be able to hold. Um, but I just have a feeling that in that game, not only could touchdown regression hit for Brissett and that Colts offense from a passing to, to rushing touchdown ratio. Um, but they're, they should be able to run on them. So it could be, end up being more of a Marlon Mack day than a, than a Jacoby Brissett. Day. Right. Mack season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to tight ends. I'm going to go back to Dallas Godert. That's that's G O A T. Now Dallas Goddard, he is top 25 in routes run over the last four weeks, which is when he started to get healthy again. 59% of the team snaps in every single game over this time, uh, and he has four straight games now with a 10 plus percent target share. 10 percent plus, I should say. Nice. Yeah, I mean Dallas Goddard's being used a lot, and again, guys, he's a streamer who is going to give you production probably similar to any other person we talk about on today's show, but he has more upside because if Zach Ertz gets hurt, all of a sudden Dallas Goddard could be a 18 to 19% target share kind of player. Maybe the Eagles are realizing what Rich Rebar, the great Reebs, has said for years, which is that Zach Ertz is Jason Witten. Right. He's Jason Witten aged. Like, 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 like. Yeah. Like Zach Ertz has already aged right. to Jason Witten. Right. And 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 Dallas Goddard is is a souped up version. So let's go, Eagles. Come on, man. Let's phase out this Ertz guy and get Goddard going. Yeah, I agree. All right, Denny. Who's your first tight end? Dawson Knox. Uh the Bills play the Eagles. Knox, I I, I said that as a question, uh for some reason. Uh so Knox is available in seventy five percent of leagues. I just I can't wait for the Patreon questions because it'll be like I've I've rostered Knox since week one or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's seen at least four targets in four of his past five games, as as I have in my notes, which is something. Uh, Philadelphia allows twelve point nine adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. They give up four point eight tight end receptions per game, and the route running data is not hateful for Dawson Knox. He's run 44 pass routes over the last two games, and he's seen 17% and 20% target share uh, over those two contests. Uh, so I actually don't think that he's like a desperation play, actually. I think he's a he's a pretty nice option. 
I yeah, I don't mind him either. I actually uh, talked about him on my Ten Trends show that's publishing tomorrow. I think that he could be someone who's like a low end tight end one, high end tight end two from here on out. Yeah, I I don't th- I don't disagree. Uh, I'm gonna go with Ben Watson, who the combined age between Tom Brady throwing to Ben Watson oh. is eight, 80 years old. Unreal. 80 years old, but he ran the eighth most routes at the position this past week. I mean, he's back on the Patriots, by the way. Okay. Uh, in a, in a pretty positive game, really positive game script for New England. Uh, he saw 12% of New England's targets. The Patriots have the third highest implied team total on the slate against Cleveland. I think Ben Watson is fine. Uh, if you want to, you know, if you want like a mid-range tight end too. Is it Knox or Watson for you? Knox. I'd still go Knox. Right. Me too. Yeah. Me too. 80 years old combined, man. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about how long I've been watching those guys play. And like when... When Watson was like was a like young and like up and coming, I think I was in college. Yeah, I mean, you're or just out of college is amazing. Anyway, yeah, I mean, like I was trying to find like think of a funny tweet last night, uh, or like a, a good tweet last night about the combined ages of Tom Brady to Ben Watson, and then like Sam Darnold to someone else because it 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 would like Sam Darnold's so young, right? Yeah. And like I, I was just trying, and I was like, eh, it wouldn't be good enough because it's not like it's like you need like Tom Brady to go off, like Ben Watson to score like two touchdowns, and then like them facing the Jets and have right. like Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson both go for two touchdowns, right. and then you just combine that. And it's like forty-seven years old versus yeah. eighty years old. That's right. Yeah, and uh, then you just go from there. So Darnold was like three when Tom Brady entered the league. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure Tom Brady is twenty years older than him, or twenty or nineteen. I should say. Okay, okay. Because Sam Darnold right now is... No, Sam Darnold is 22 still. That's right. Yeah. So so Tom Brady is 20 years older than Sam Darnold. And Darnold is the new Stafford with the age thing? Oh, yeah. Wait, Darnold, wait. Is, yeah, it's definitely. Where definitely. We, we, for, for seven years, all we said every time we talked about Stafford was like, unbelievably, he, he, won't, he won't be 24 for another 11 days, you know? Yeah, and um, then there's Brandon Whedon, who is the opposite of that. Yeah, that, those are always fun. Brandon Whedon, who is Matthew Stafford's dad. That's right. That's right. Let's not forget it. I want to mention the Minnesota tight ends, both of them, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith the fourth, facing Washington. The reason I'm mentioning Irv Smith is because JJ scolded me earlier today and told me I must. I'm kidding, sort of. But uh, they both. So both these tight ends saw six targets last week from Kirk Cousins, uh, and they both caught five. Five of those six targets. So. Uh, Irv Smith is running a decent number of routes. I still don't, I don't think I'd, I'd pick him up over Kyle Rudolph, but what do you think, JJ? I would probably lean Rudolph. I think he's a little bit safer, but I think Irv Smith is, is fine. Right. So, uh, yeah, like I said, Rudolph saw six targets last week. He caught five, including a touchdown against a Lions defense, uh, Lions defenders who were thoroughly disinterested in getting in, in his way at the goal line. I don't know if you saw that, that play, but he he caught the ball at like the six yard line, and the Lions yeah. defenders just raised their hands and were like, "All right, man, go." <laughs> like, yeah, right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. This is a business decision. You're gonna, you're gonna cruise into the end zone here. Um, I laughed. So Washington actually gives up the eighth most receptions to tight ends. Uh, they just haven't given up many touchdowns, so the the matchup doesn't look great. They've only given up two touchdowns this year to tight ends, but again, eighth most receptions. Uh, we always want tight end streamers on teams with big implied totals. That's what we have here. The Vikings are uh, have. I'm sorry. The Vikings are a 16 point home favorite. Uh, 
their implied total has to be larger than this. I have it in my notes as 19, but that can't be right. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not right. <laughs> They're not favored by 16 and have a 19 implied. That was a, a mistype. I believe it's 29. I believe their implied total is 29, and I was drunk while I made these notes. Um, so Rudolph is owned in 28% of leagues, which I can't believe it's that high, actually. And Irv Smith is available everywhere, uh, of course, except for your league. People love Kyle Rudolph. It's, they, it's, it blows do. my freaking mind. They do. He was tight end two one year when tight end production was so depressed uh, that in, I believe in it, in the previous year, his Rudolph Rudolph's numbers, tight end two numbers would have translated to like tight end 10 numbers. Last year in the fantasy championship week, he went off. Do you remember that? Oh. Like he caught that Hail Mary at the end of the half and stuff. The, yeah. the 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 team that won the championship last year in my home league started Kyle Rudolph. That's well, that's sickening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So to recap, we have the Vikings tight ends: Dawson Knox, Ben Watson, Dallas Goddard, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, and Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Indy. All right. Let's get to the Twitter questions. First one is from at Smoothie Watch Twenty One. All right. Can the people get a smoothie update, JJ? Getting very excited here at Smoothie Watch HQ. Uh, yeah, uh, I made a smoothie this morning. Uh, I changed it up. I got a new bag uh, of because I get frozen fruit. I got a, a new <laughs> bag of of different kinds of fruit, so it was very delicious. Some strawberries in there in this one. Usually more of like a mango, and there's some pineapple, like more of a tropical blend. Some mm. raspberries. This one was more just kind of strawberry blueberry mango very yeah. very very delicious that sounds, um, that sounds very good so denny i have i have about a month left and i'm gonna go beyond the month i'm gonna go to next thanksgiving oh okay let's let's you know reel it in a little bit here you know you're not, if i go okay if i go to next thanksgiving what are you gonna do i i I'll have to think about it i i don't well we we can we can crowdsource that yeah we're gonna have to think about it. i mean I drink white russians until i actually puke on air i don't yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, next question at floor guitar. So it's not a, 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 a floor. What was it earlier? A, a, a sack based floor. A sack based floor. That's right. Uh, this is floor guitar. Okay. Uh, do you think Melvin Gordon's struggles will scare anyone else off of holding out? Well, here's, here's my uh, take mm. is that players who hold out are generally good players. Mm-hmm. Like, like elite players. Melvin Gordon is just a good player. And that was the problem all along. Really, he wow. should he should he should have never held out. Uh, it was, oh, look, he can he can do what he wants with his life, and he can take the chances that he wants to take. Like I, I'm not sitting here telling him like you should listen to me. I'm I'm sitting here saying like logically and from a a, a completely objective perspective, it was a terrible idea to hold out. Uh, and, and that's not that's not hindsight either because I talked about it on my podcast. You did. You did. Uh, Gordon truthers are going to be really upset because they see him as the same as all the other running backs who have held out. And I, I, I don't, I never really, never really quite understood that. And, and listen, we all want Melvin Gordon to get paid. Okay. This is is not, this is not the issue. I want every player to hold out until they are compensated properly uh, in their very, especially running backs in their very short span uh, in which they can make a lot of money. So, I'm I'm cool with it, but I I feel like you're you're on the the right track there with you know is Melvin Gordon in the same category as like a Le'Veon Bell, right? Like like Gordon, and I'll say this: Gordon this year, how he looks right now, 
is not what Gordon looked like last year and the year before that. No. And I actually, I, I, I said on my, my pod, the 15 transactions podcast this week, I said that I, my, my 16th transaction was galaxy. It was a galaxy brand transaction. It was to buy Melvin Gordon. <laughs> that is galaxy. Because, because when, when is Melvin Gordon going to be any lower than right now? Ne- like he, like he could sure. Like I, I, you know, like they could just give the, the ball to Austin Eckler all the time, but are, do we really think that's going to happen? No. Like, no. Do, we, do we really think that Austin Eckler is going to take over without a trade? A trade can obviously happen. But do we think that, that if a trade does not happen, that Austin Eckler would just outright win that backfield job? I don't think they want to use Austin Eckler. Right. That I think way. that they feel obliged to give Melvin Gordon the ball a whole lot. Yeah. Like, and, and look, we've seen him have success with a lot of work in that backfield. Don't get me wrong. And, and I, I do think that you can buy into the narrative that Melvin Gordon missed all of camp, all of preseason, and he's only played for three games. And so, you know, there's going to be some rust there. They also get Russell Okun back this week. So I, I'm I'm actually somewhat optimistic about Melvin Gordon in fantasy, and I think that you should be buying Melvin Gordon right now. It can and hurt. I know, I, I know that that's a contrarian take, but it's generally how I feel. No, it's a really reasonable take, and I hate you for having it because it, it's it's absolutely the right take. It can't get worse. It, it literally can't get worse. But I, I, I don't understand. This is my film take, which, you know, I don't have many film takes. Austin Eckler looks so good every time he gets the ball. What? Like he's a, it's the, like one of those explosive backs yeah. that you see on a regular basis. And then they give it to Belvin Gordon, like up the gut, and he just falls forward for two yards. It's so frustrating as a, as a person who has massive Eckler exposure. Yeah, so the, the the problem is I love running backs that are exactly like Austin Eckler. Yeah. Like he is my prototypical I love this kind of back. When I when I prospect guys coming out, I I'm always obsessed with the pass catching backs who look electric with the ball in their hands, right? Yeah. Um but it, it's just I I don't think he's ever going to be the between the tackles runner that we would want him to be or the, the see the usage that we would want him to see. Um so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I I have enough Austin Eckler too. Um, I wouldn't mind a Melvin Gordon trade, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And I think that Melvin Gordon is just going to be in LA. And like I said, that Okun, uh, Russell Okun coming back could really help as well. So I now is the time to buy Melvin Gordon. I'm just going to throw it out there. Can I uh, read a couple questions from our Facebook page? Sure. All right. This is from the Living the Stream Facebook page, folks. Uh, also, I will answer the rest of your questions on the uh, Patreon page. If you're not a patron, how dare you, first of all? And so sign up. Uh, so this is from Brandon Johnson. Uh, Brandon Johnson on the Facebook page says, thoughts on changing all interceptions from counting against the quarterback to counting against the receiver. <laughs> this is Galaxy Brain right here. This is. If they if the receiver tipped the ball or should have caught it. I know there are bigger problems in the, in the NFL, but hard luck QBs getting stuck with INTs uh, that were not their fault it's a it's, i maybe i'm reading that wrong but anyway the point is if a ball bounces off a receiver's chest into the air and is caught by a defender does it go minus two to the receiver i say absolutely not yeah absolutely not you're playing within the parameters of this game yeah right what what this game so with that in, in mind any quarterback that you're playing you're taking on their wide receivers as well it's part of a uh, part of what you get it happens it happens. It, it, it happened. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a, a throw two weeks ago that hit uh, Stefan Diggs in the face. Yeah. And it bounced into a defender's hands like like they planned it that way. I, I 
I don't know. I feel like I, I've seen that before on like that movie Necessary Roughness from the 90s. Yeah. Where where the guy stone hands the receiver stone hands had that exact same thing happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more Facebook questions. Uh, Chris Abbott, longtime listener of the show, uh, knowing the egos and high T levels among coaches and front offices around the NFL, will we ever see a team staff position to support more rational coaching, i.e., a rational coach? So someone on the <laughs> sideline to bring a rational approach to coaching. This is, by the way, I, I read this question earlier today. This is your calling. So it would be amazing. This it would be amazing. You. It would be amazing. You but are here, level-headed. You're on the sideline. You come up to the head coach, say, listen, as your rational guy, here's what needs to happen. I'm I'm totally rational. I'm not being swept away in the moment. My T levels are are very you know middle middle ground right now. Uh, let me tell you what to do. This is you. Sixty nine percent of rational coaches would be punched <laughs> in the face by the head coach. Like so, like that, like you know that's how it would go down. The rational coach comes walking in, all nonchalant and just very very poised. Yeah. And goes up to the coach and says, "You need to change the running back that you're using right now, because yeah. we're trying to be rational here and use the better player." Or, so do that or, or to say go for fourth and four at your own 42 yard line yeah i mean so coaches have you know math people in their ears and stuff that are telling like john like john harbaugh does that all yeah. the time i mean he's, yeah. he's utilizing that information he and and he's he still isn't he's even admitted that there are times where he still goes with his gut but there yeah. are many instances like i i've become i don't want to say like a ravens fan but I appreciate that organization so much because of the way they've approached things and the way they've like they've they've uh, kind of formulated this offense around Lamar Jackson. It's all unbelievably well done, and I like John Harbaugh a lot. Um, but you know, there there are some coaches that completely embrace it, and then there are coaches like Pete Carroll who says, "Oh, I'm always going to kick a field goal on the 50, uh, 53 yard field goal instead of going for it or or whatever." You know, you know who uh, a low key uh, analytics focused team has 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 been this year? The Bills. Yeah, no, that yeah, and you're right. The Bills have have bought in uh to analytics. I don't I don't know if it's at the level of of the Ravens that we're seeing, but but they they have I was reading about it the other day and it makes sense because I I remember watching them on Red Zone um a couple weeks ago and they were like no hesitation going for it on fourth down a couple times in one drive. And I thought, I thought, man, like they're, they, they're in, like they are in this thing. And I think, I think it's awesome. I, I, I root for the bills because of that. Yeah. All right. Last one. Last one. This is from Frank Joseph, friend of the show who would win, (laughs) who would win a leg wrestling match between JJ and Denev. Not even close. And what would the Patreon price point be to watch that? <laughs> Denny, I have I have quads of steel. I have quads of steel. My 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 quads are like like ninety percent the size of Saquon Barkley's. Dude, it's so okay. It's so funny. First of all, let's let's settle down. You know, like, <laughs> your your legs are not Saquon Barkley. <laughs> And secondly, I'm going to take a picture of my legs for the Patreon page. The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Please take off your pants. Take a picture. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the things that the patrons want to watch. <laughs> yeah, we, want, we want a leg wrestling match between our podcast I, it's hosts. It's like they want to watch me eat. They want to watch me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? 
This is the weirdest, the weirdest simulation we could ever uh, ask for. And now they want to watch us leg wrestle. You're literally, you're literally a sim. Like they're they're they're, they're literally clicking on clicking on objects in your house, and you're just you're just going to them while they play and watch you. I am a sim. Oh my god. <laughs> you're a sim. You just got to do the. The, the sim talking now. Oh, I used to memorize all the... I, I have memorized all of the... um Like the commercials in the in the game The Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you turn on the TV, there were commercials oh, okay. that would play. And I remember all of them because my brain is dumb. I, I just... Well, yeah, your brain's broken for sure. But I I, very I just remember Sim City from the 90s. I don't I don't know about uh, okay, all, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. By the way, someone brought up Roller Coaster Tycoon in our Slack the other day. Man... There's there's maybe maybe one game better than Roller Coaster Tycoon. I, I I don't know anything about that. But getting back to leg wrestling, so <laughs> I think I could put up a fight. Okay, listen, I I run I run a decent amount. I feel like my legs are are pretty Denny, strong. I have like forty pounds on you. Does that is does that matter? Yeah, because I I got meat on my legs, bro. I, I can I I run a lot too. I do cardio like four or five times a week. I I, I don't have I would stiff legs. I would. I would destroy you in a leg wrestling competition. I have a huge butt. Is that, is that Denny? I got a bigger one. This is not even. This is not even a question. I would annihilate you. I, I actually feel like my butt's probably bigger. I... No, this is not... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I would. I would crush you. All right. I would, yeah. I would I eat mean, you alive. All right. I, I. I will. You know what? You. You have long talked about your leg strength, so. <laughs> That's all. So I'll concede. I'll concede. All right, go, go on to the Twitter question. Okay, next question at fishing underscore podcast. Uh, in writing, boo b o o is both the sound of a crowd expressing disapproval and the sound of a ghost trying to scare you. Yeah. Thoughts. Oh, makes you think. Uh, <laughs> sure, it, makes it, you think. It's. <laughs> what is this? It's. It's also. It's... How how can anyone have a strong opinion about this? What am I going to say? No. Wait a second. No, no, no. It's actually the third thing that boo is, is the expression that my three-year-old daughter screams every morning when she bursts out of her room as if it's on fire. She bursts out of the room and goes, boo. And every morning it, it scares me half to death. So that it's, it's, it's three things. So thank you. You know, I was talking to a friend this weekend. We were at a brewery because that's what we do. I know you don't, you're not a big brewery guy, yeah, but yeah. I'm a big brewery guy. And and they're, they're uh, boys two months older than Avery, so they're about the same age. And Avery in the morning, she'll she's a great sleeper, knock on wood, and she'll she'll sleep until about 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And when she wakes up, she just she just sits there yeah. in, her, in her crib in, in silence. And it's dark and her sound machine's on, but she's just sitting there and... I'll look at the monitor and not like realize, you know, I'll like wake up and, you know, I'm so groggy and I'll look at the monitor and it looks like a horror movie because there's this, there's this, this child yeah. sitting up just staring in darkness. But my friend was telling me that when his boy wakes up, he literally instantly and immediately just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. Really? Yeah. I, I would, I would free, like, that's basically how they wake up every morning. Oh no, that's really unfortunate. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be miserable? That'd be so tough. Oh man. I mean, I mean, occasionally when, when the kids were babies and they used to get, and they used to be sick, they wake up right? Yeah, yeah, start yeah, crying. Yeah. But like, yeah, like usually what you're saying about Avery, that's, that was the normal way where they, they, they would, 
they would turn to the camera because they eventually they knew where the camera was. <laughs> yeah. Right. Does Avery know? Uh, sometimes okay. she. I'm I'm waiting for because she over the last month she started waving a lot, and oh. it's the cutest thing when ba- when like a 15 month old waves right oh. like it. Oh, yeah. It's the cutest. So I'm waiting for her to look up and just wave at the camera. That's going to be awesome. And, and yes, everybody, using a, a baby cam is uh, preparing your child for the security state in which they live. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is really, really cute when they wave at it. So I, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, this next question is from at Polish Tweeter. Has Denny ever left the country? If so, where and what type of cultural nuances did he have to adapt to? I love that it's just a Denny question. I know. Wait, I guess they assume you have. I, <laughs> yeah, what is I didn't even know Pennsylvania's Pennsylvanians left the country. You know, I thought, wow, wow. But I'm sorry. I don't. That was mean. That was that was actually mean. I'm sorry. Wow. You just you just you just uh, I, destroyed a, a very large group of our listeners. What I'm saying is, you guys are so patriotic. You would never leave these shores. <laughs> Anyway, I've been to I've been to South Korea, Denny. I I remember you telling me what what. So wait wait before we get to me, how many countries have you been to? Um, I don't know. I'm probably like six. Okay, that's more. I than haven't me. been. I've I still haven't been to Europe. I have been to Europe. So my wife my wife is Greek, uh, and I have been to her father's home island of Hios. It's spelled C H I O S. I've been there twice. I went there in two thousand. Four and 2008, which is so long ago, guys. It's <laughs> so long ago. long ago. I was a child there. But yeah, 04 and 08, um, I went to, to Greece. I stayed there two weeks each time. Just incredible. Like the most amazing beaches. And I'm not, I'm not a person who like necessarily loves beaches, but good God, those beaches are amazing. Uh, and the, the, the food was spectacular. I had to learn a little bit of Greek to get around. Uh, so that was, that was my, that's my only experience overseas. I've obviously I've been to Mexico and, and Canada. I, you know, I don't know if those count. I guess they do. Yeah. I mean, they still count. They still count. Yeah. Uh, this next question is from at Dan McAfee eight, which smells worse when someone burps after eating a hot dog or the turd hanging out of Der- Derek Henry's helmet. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not gonna, they, they, I'm not gonna go into the hair thing, but yeah, a, a hot dog burp is the worst. Yeah, the hot dog, yeah, any, any sort of like deli meat burp. Yeah, yeah, I, that, I'm actually gonna be sick if I think about it. <laughs> just, just picture someone eating a lot of bologna and then burping. I, I, I feel like Andy Bernard in that office episode where uh, Pam intentionally vomits. Um, and then she looks around and then everybody else starts vomiting in the office. And, yeah. and Andy was like, the thing is, I get sick when I, and he's like, Ugh. like he starts dry heaving, even just talking yes. about it. That's me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question from at Topher thinks how far in the rabbit hole has Denny gone into bringing his online persona into his normal day to day things? I picture him listening to the music and the segue to the tilt montage when he's just sitting around the house and telling no one in particular that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> See what you guys don't understand is that this is not a persona. No, this no. is this is this is Denny Carter IRL. Yeah, no, I I I really I mean yeah I ham up some stuff on online, but mostly um, when I'm you know just idle, you know watching TV or driving or whatever, I I have thoughts about things I want to tell the world. Now I used to just tell my wife, and 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 so she thinks she thanks God every day. For social media because now she doesn't have to hear every single one of my takes 
on everything. But but yeah, it's mostly me. Yeah. Uh, next question at Dynasty Drive By. Sometimes when I hold open a door for someone in my building, they don't throw me a thank you, and I contemplate throwing out a fury of personal insults. What's the best way to own the lib you just went out of the way to help and tell them that you regret your kind gesture? Mm, I don't think you can. I think if you're going to put yourself out there, then you have to accept the outcome of being owned. I agree. I agree with you. Um, and it th- it is f- uh, infuriating. It is. When you hold a door open for someone and they completely ignore you. Uh, I had I had a weird thing happen at my daughter's preschool the other day. I was clearly on my way to open the door for a woman who had not one but two babies in hand, right? She had no way of opening the door, uh, I guess, except for like maybe swinging out her butt, uh, which was smaller than mine, by the way. And, <laughs> I was about to say. and, <laughs> and uh, so, um, so I was clearly like grabbing the door to do that. And she says to me, she stops and she looks at me and she goes, can you please hold the door for me? Wow, And it, it wasn't rude, but I was caught off guard because my reaction was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like, why? Right. Like, what kind of monster would I be if I didn't hold the door? It's just you and me, man. And you're carrying two little babies. What am I going to do here? Right. Exactly. Exactly. This next question is from at Tyler Strong 95. This is the guy that uses his dishwasher exclusively as a drying rack. Okay. <laughs> That, that, that's how he that's how he opened this question <laughs> get this fellers i have a microwave and straight up don't use it because i prefer heating food up on the stove or in the oven just curious where is your god now <laughs> a god is dead if you're if you're intentionally not using the convenience of 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 modern devices what what's wrong Agreed. with this what's wrong Agreed. with you man uh, Tyler, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah, uh, are are you afraid of like of like uh, diseases caused by radiation in the microwave, right. or what? Are you, what's your deal? Right, maybe maybe there's something there, but I I think that you're insane. Uh, this, we'll we'll go with one more question. This is from at Jake Break Baller, handshake question, mm-hmm. and then he has a little hand emoji. Okay. At what point in a friendship do you move on from the handshake to the dap or bro hug status? Ugh. When is it too early? I feel the formal handshake is a form of wall separating the people you find acquaintances versus bros. Thoughts? I, I, look, I agree. I agree with that take. That that it is a when you when you shake someone's hand versus bro hugging them or even hugging them. I, I'm cool with hugging. Like if you go in for a quick a quick you know arms out yeah. pat on the back a yeah. couple times. This is this is a, a, a bro to bro thing. Obviously, a female you just hug and it's that's how you handle things. Yeah. But, but when it's bro to bro and you don't know how other bros are going to react because some of them are just really weird and whatever. I'm very, I'm very just like, like hug me and let's mm-hmm. hug. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you can embrace and just kind of, kind of tap on the back a couple times, yeah. like hit on the, hit on the back, you know, boom, boom, done. Um, but if you handshake someone, you are not close with that person. That's my take. This is this is difficult for me because see, I'm so bad at the bro stuff, like the fist bump or like, like the bro like, you know, hug thing going on. I'm so bad at that and so awkward at it that I actually do shake the hands of people who I'm close to because <laughs> that you're clo- that you're 100 close to. It's not like like deep in your heart you feel like you're close to these people and you're giving them a handshake. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't know. So my, my best friend, who I've known since middle school, and we still see each other all the time. Okay, you handshake him. I handshake him. Denny, what is wrong with you? Except for when we're drunk. If we're drunk, we do the hug. So okay, so that just tells you that you should be hugging all the time. That's true. You you know you're. I'm glad we talked it out. You're right. I think you're right. I think I I think I need to talk to to my friend Pat about about. Yeah. We need to hug more. I think that's the conversation you need to have. We need to hug more. Okay. All right. No. 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 This is good. This is good. I'm I, I I'm really thank you, listener, for this for this question because it's it's actually bothered me. It's bothered me because I'm like I've known you since we were 12, man. Like why are we shaking hands like like we just, you know, made a deal? Like, you know, cut, You're you know right. like we just met for a a, a a business lunch and 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 cut a deal. No, no. We we need to hug. You're right. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what you need to do. I I'm look, I'd say if you are getting a handshake and only a handshake and not from me, and not a, a tap on the back or something while you know going in with yeah. the, the the handshake to to back pat. That's that's a little more intimate yeah. than just the handshake. I would say that ten percent of people in general that I relatively know, like men, because obviously this is a man to man thing we're talking about, they would get a handshake. The ninety percent, I would physically be touching them in some way. All right. Well, you're you're touchy feely. I don't know what to say. Uh, can I tell you one thing? I was at a wedding on Saturday. And I had a, a, a greeting with a guy who I used to be close with. I used to know pretty well, but he moved away. So we don't really see each other. Anyway, I saw him for the first time in years. Yeah. We did. Oh, God. I honestly think that at some point I was like humping him. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Like I was like I was like shaking his hand, but our fingers were interlocked somehow. And I was like. He was hugging me. I think I like kissed his neck. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He, I, I think he could have sued me in eleven states. You know. I think. I think I could have been in legal in legal trouble. <laughs> what a note to end on, Daddy. Where can everyone find you? At CD Carter thirteen on Twitter, and also our, my kicker column is live on the Patreon page. You can find me on Twitter at Late Round QB, my other podcast, the Late Round Podcast. Search for it anywhere podcasts can be found, including this podcast too. Subscribe to the to Living the Stream. Denny, we have a tilt montage this week. We do. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. One thirty-eight p.m. in the only legitimate time zone in the universe, the Eastern Time Zone, and things are not starting out well for me. To say, wait, wait a second, wait, we have, yes, yes, we have a Darren Waller wide open touchdown, Darren Waller season, it's all, it's never not been Darren Waller season, incredible, it looks like there's a flag, it looks like, it looks like the Darren Waller season has been canceled, it looks like that touchdown has been called back on some sort of offensive penalty on Oakland. I'm tilting. 1.45 Eastern time zone and the island of Dr. Moreau has instead scored a touchdown for Oakland. The third string tight end, of course, behind Waller, Derek Carrier, the Living the Stream legend, and then Dr. Moreau. So he he scores the touchdown. 
And Waller still has, let me check, carry the 2, minus 4, times 2. He has, he has 0 points, so Darren Waller has 0 points still. God has uh, abandoned us, more or less. I'm tilting. Oh, hey, look at that. There's a another tight end touchdown against Arizona. Of course, it was Evan. No, it wasn't Evan Ingram. It wasn't, actually. It was someone named Rhett Ellison the fourth. Esquire. So that that makes that's good. You know, it, it makes as someone who has uh, maximum exposure to Evan Ingram in DFS. It's always good to see see that happen. You know, it, the 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 process leads to bad results. You love you love to see it. The kids are saying that online. You love to see it, and you love to see that. You know, I, I think the tight end position has got gotten to the point maybe where. We need to just start having a team tight end position. I think that'd be pretty cool. I'd I'd be for that. Who's against it? Who is against it? Who who wouldn't just you know sign up for that and 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 stream the team tight end against Arizona every week? I mean, if you can, if they're available, whatever. You know, it's like team defense, team tight end. Oh my god, I'm so triggered. I'm tilting so hard. I'd like to briefly congratulate the Jacksonville Jaguars on a fantastic, uh, epic, self-own. Not self-own, but self-own. With this Jalen Ramsey trade, uh, he's immediate, an immediate difference maker on the Rams defense. Uh, so obviously it was the right thing to do to, um, to alienate him and then to trade him away. <clears throat> I'm not going to pretend that I understand like the, 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 the value of NFL draft picks. I'm not going to like judge the trade, but right now it looks like a great self own. So congratulations on that. The libs obviously are, are rattled. Darren Waller was tackled near the goal line on a nice reception against the Packers, of course. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. They're replaying this. Uh, Derek Carr goes over the middle. Waller catches it. He's wide open. Some, I, 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 just, I, don't, I honestly do not know how he got caught. Uh, I, they told me, I've been told, that Darren Waller is an athletic freak for a tight end. And um, <clears throat> he was tracked down. He had about a 15-yard a head start on a cornerback, and the cornerback uh, tracked him down at the two-yard line. I, uh, I'm tilting. 2.18 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and uh, after seeing Johnny Hecker complete a pass on fourth down, Johnny Hecker, by the way, is the Rams punter, uh, after seeing his throwing motion and being an an avid analyst of throwing motions, I think it's time that the Rams make the move and bench golf for Hecker. That might be tilting. Thank you for listening.
living the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football.